In today's crazy world, we're constantly using things we don't need, doing things we don't like, and never really moving forward or getting the results we're hoping for in either ourselves or our animals. Are you ready for a change? Join me, Wendy Patrick, your host on Quantumly Yours, Finesium Health's podcast, and become empowered to take control of you and your animals' health and well-being. We're all quantumly connected, so whether you're around the corner or around the world, it doesn't matter, because we can help each other and all work together on our journeys. So come, join me and together we'll myth bust, share advice, knowledge, truths, and suggestions to help you awaken, grow, and continue your journey to a healthier, happier life. Hi folks and welcome to another episode of Quantumly Years. I'm your host Wendy Patrick from Finesium Health and we're going to dive into something about DCM today. What is it? How is it caused? Was it all just a big smear campaign? Well let's see what we find out. Before that I'm just going to ask you and remind you if uh, you're on any platform out there that you can like, share, subscribe, get the notification so you don't miss an episode, please do. Uh, we rely on you to get the word out there for us and share amongst your friends, your families, your groups, your social media feeds, as uh, social media hates us and uh, doesn't like what we say for the most part because we like exposing and uh, talking about things that um, people will breeze over. But we like to get into the nitty gritty here. So if there's anything you can do to help the word get out and perhaps help an animal, help a human, um, then please do. So thank you for joining me again. If this is your first time, welcome. And uh, let's get right into it. I was going to do a podcast on raw feeding and just explain a little bit how to get into that, how to do it, take out the... Uh, the scary factor of it and um, just give some very easy tips on how to switch your dog over to raw. Um, so we, we will do that and for some different options and things like that. And also to basically snub those who said, well, you can't go into that, Wendy, because the people that's just too far above them. And I think that's actually quite rude to all you guys who are listening right now, because if you are listening to me, if you have been listening to me, then you know that, um, or I know that you know a lot more than maybe the average Joe. You're here for a reason because you're sick of the same old fluffy stories or messages that are being put out there by um, Tom, Dick and Harry. But we like digging in a little bit more. So you like to know the truth. You like some more information. I do believe as well, and I have seen a huge shift over the last 10 plus years when it comes to our pets, where you are getting more educated, you're getting more knowledgeable, you are looking for better answers, you're looking for better solutions, and you're just not taking the same old, same old stories anymore. So well done you, 
who's listening to this because you are on that journey to help your pets uh, live longer, live happier, be healthier, and um, do the best you can for them because that's why you have them. And that's our job as guardians here with opposable thumbs that we do as much as we possibly can for our pets in our care. So uh, raw feeding, I don't think, should be such a big, scary topic that uh, we can't touch on that. And um, it's very simple. Uh, you basically can go to 80% organ meat or muscle meat. Um, heart is considered muscle meat. So yes, that's why I basically said organ. Sorry. Um, 80% muscle meat is your main bulk of the diet. So that's all your muscles off, you know, your, the calves and everything else. Uh, no pun intended. But um, then awful, R-O-F-F-A-L, or organ meat. So you're talking more liver, kidneys, uh, lung. So that should be about 10% and bone should be about another 10%. So you can balance it really quite easily. You can do it quite easily and uh, you can add anything else you want to it that you feel is necessary. So if you're switching over from a brand name kibble, you want to do it slowly because raw meat is very, very easily digested by your animal. Um, dogs or cats we're talking of here. And uh, obviously the carnivores, we don't want to start feeding raw beef to our horses. Uh, don't think I would go down well. But if you're switching over to raw, do it very, very slowly and make sure that that system can handle the change rather than going, okay, we're not feeding you kibble anymore. We're changing it to raw. We're doing it now. We're doing it today and you don't have a choice. Well, you're going to have a, make a choice because unless you really want to clean up the possible projectile diarrhea, then um, yeah, good luck with that. So <laughs> if you just take your time to do it and even do half and half, do little bits, it depends what you want to do. It depends what your budget will allow you to do. And it depends what your sources and supplies will allow you to do, what you have available to you, depending on where you are. Um Generally speaking, if you can find a good butcher and go right to the source, they will generally make dog food for you in the sense that it's the stuff that doesn't go into our plates or onto the, the consumer's shelves in the stores. So you're talking about the cheeks, the back straps. Those are the kind of things that'll get ground up, the, the extra off bits that are trimmed off for making that roast look pretty um, are all put into a grinder and become dog food. So you're usually still going to get the same amount of nutrition out of that as you would if you were eating that pretty well-prepared, well-butchered, cut and dressed um, leg of lamb or uh, roast beef or anything else. But uh, it's just all ground up, all the extra bits that, that don't make it or aren't pretty enough for us. Uh, in fact, a lot of farmers as well who will actually live off the land. There's a lot more people becoming that way inclined. So if they're growing their own meat, then they know how to dress that and uh, change up what's left over for their animals. So it's easy then whenever you're doing that because you have the whole animal and it's the same as anything else. I mean, we talk about holistic care. We want the whole thing. Uh, we just don't want a little piece of that 
because it might not have the same as that. So you'll miss enzymes that may be in the stomach lining, like your tripe. It stinks, but it's good. So you've got the likes of that. You've got uh, all your different bits and pieces in the lungs, the liver, um, really, really high um, hemoglobin, stuff like that. So you're going to get amino acids and things. Now, something that's missing or can be missing, <laughs> and this takes me into our little sort of deep dive myth bust on this. Um, as I was researching this, I started looking at the DCM, dilated cardiomyelopathy, um, discovered in golden retrievers, I might add. A lot of people will forget to add in the golden retrievers, very specific breed. And, uh, oh, taurine deficiencies, and that causes DCM, so you can't feed raw because you're not getting this, and you, you can't do this, that, and the other thing. Well, I did some diving. I did some testing. And... I looked into to see what actually happens, where taurine's from, how it's produced, what happens. And actually, taurine is something that is actually created by the animal from its food. So it's not actually a lack of taurine. It's a lack of an ability to produce taurine, which will create DCM. No. Let me preempt this with saying this is just my opinion and my findings. However, once you look at it logically and you start going down the little rabbit hole and ask some questions, read some um, reports, some studies, um, you can start to fill in the blanks and find out where this is going actually pretty easily. So um, what I find with my findings that the DCM is not a lack of taurine per se, um, but the lack of taurine is a cause of DCM, but DCM is a symptom of the lack of the animal's ability to be able to produce taurine from its food. Get me? So the disease is always a symptom of something. It's not the root of it. So the root of it is the dog's own ability or animal, cat, dog's own ability to create the taurine from the way that its body processes the food itself. It's not necessarily a lack of taurine. The studies were done on golden retrievers. One of the main studies that I found was about 20 golden retrievers. And they all came from the same lineage. So you'll know what we do for a living here. And we test a lot of deficiencies. We test for a lot of um, behavioral, psychological, physiological issues based on nutrition or deficiencies, lack thereof, or presence of parasites, heavy metals, molds, imbalance and hormones, all of that kind of stuff. So it made sense to me then that if you're testing a lineage, which is the same lineage, so you're not picking a golden retriever from Mexico or a golden retriever from British Columbia and a golden retriever from the south of England and comparing them that are all from different lineages or different genetic backgrounds, then you find out that whenever they're all from the same one, you're going to get the same results. It's the same way whenever I go and I test a family and one person has Lyme disease, 
it depends on who it is in the, in the family that has that. If it's a child, I can generally test the mother. It, if it came from the mother, that's one thing. If it came from just the child, just the child has it. But you can pretty much be guaranteed that if the father has it, the whole family will. Because it is actually and can actually be passed congenitally too. So if you're having DCM as a constant in the same lineage, well, you're going to. It's like saying that, oh, well, my genetic profile is 100% perfect. Well, then you're going to produce 100% perfect offspring. But if my genetic profile is only 60% and my husband's is 75, we're still not going to make 100% offspring. Not a chance. And hence you get the labeling of genetic diseases. See? Makes sense. So going to the DCM thing with all of these Goldens from the same family, if one of them had it, which would say the great-grandfather of them, yes, they're all going to have a very, very um, good chance that they have a susceptibility to developing DCM. Because if they're lacking that uh, genetic makeup that says, this is that particular piece of food that you make taurine from, go make it. And it goes, oh, there's that piece of food don't know what to do with it so I don't make taurine hi Dimitri do you make taurine he's popping in to say hello as usual that wasn't me just heavy breathing for those who are just listening to us <laughs> um so whenever you look more into the DCM thing and everybody goes the sky's falling the sky's falling don't feed raw anymore because it's going to cause DCM what a load of rubbish absolute road load of Tosh, <laughs> whenever I did the testing and discovered that it's the deficiency within the body to produce it from the food, it made sense. It also made sense whenever I saw where these peer-reviewed studies, reports, stories or whatever were being published by and who was paying for them. Coming from the vet side coming from the medical side, coming from the animal version of big pharma side. And you follow the money on it and go, these large manufacturers of kibble that were not grain free were basically saying, well, we see what's happening here in the market. Now, the DCM thing came around about eight or nine years ago now. And the fact that it's still going on is absolute nonsense. But it also shows you as well how social media works and how things keep popping up in Google and things keep coming across people's um, profiles, pages, suggestions or whatever else when it's a complete moot point. But you do a smearmonger or a smear campaign on anything and eventually it'll gain traction and leave it long enough to fester and mutate and crawl around the internet, it'll keep popping up and scare the heck out of people. There's no need. The grain-free or raw diet is not a cause of DCM. And I'm saying that, and I would put money on it if I was a betting person, which I'm not. But I want people to come back and say, oh, you're wrong. Absolutely fine. I'm not sitting saying I'm right. 
I am sitting saying there is another side to this coin and you should look at it. Rather than going based on one breed and one lineage, you need to look at a much, much larger spectrum than that and understand why it is. Understand as well, when doctors or veterinarians are treating a disease, they treat the symptoms, but they don't look at the root cause. I and many other natural practitioners look for the cause and therefore deal with if there's a mineral nutrient deficiency in that being, then we help to build that back up again. Or if there's an excess of something else in there that's inhibiting something, we work with cleaning it out. So the companies that we said were basically really behind the study, really pushing it out there, really getting it some traction is whenever, as I say, about eight years ago, the shift in the pet industry was changing very dramatically where the amount of sales for your general all-purpose kibble, if you want to call it that, was declining rapidly as grain-free and smaller companies' sales were going through the roof. These big companies didn't have the facilities or the care to go into grain-free at that time, but you'll find now, now though, that you'll see a lot of these big-name brands are now doing a grain-free. Funny that, considering they say it causes DCM. So follow the money, folks. I'm asking you just to open your minds a little bit open your eyes more and look around instead of taking everything at face value that's being thrown in your face and go, what's behind that? What's, what's under there? What am, what are we not being told? What are we not really being shown? And you're usually seeing a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit here without seeing the whole picture. So bear that in mind. And for those who want to go raw, dead easy, dead easy. 80, 10, 10 is basically your breakdown. 10 for your bone, 10 for your organ or awful meat, 80 for your muscle. And as I say, if you want to add some veggies on top of that, that's fine. Uh, if you want to add some fruits into that, that's fine. Supplementation is always a good key because it doesn't matter how clean or organically labeled that that raw meat is or that that grain free sources is or anything else. The fact is, is that our whole planet is nutrient deficient because we have stripped the farming. We have been dumbed down with all sorts of stuff and pesticides and glyphosates and everything else. So that even those things in our body will stop us uptaking the nutrient value that's actually left in our foods. So yes, a decent supplementation. You know, we love the Omega Alpha line. You know, we love our finessium line. The smart oil is a great all round addition to add just for good omega threes and sixes. Plus it actually may help against the likes of ulcers. Um, also reduce pain and especially for those older dogs as well, which we're finding such good results with that. And a, a few drops of that into their, their dinner at night. So if you want to go raw, don't be scared off by it. Uh, don't get hoodwinked. And don't be scared of grain free. And um, basically that's it. And if you learn how to muscle test and surrogate muscle test, a muscle test for your animals, you can also find out what they need and what they don't. And uh, have been asked to do uh, an actual 
podcast on muscle testing. So you can keep an eye out for that coming your way soon. So again, folks, thank you for watching or listening. Share amongst everyone you know. Um, we love the haters' comments as much as the lovers' comments. And in fact, the haters actually get us way more views than those who love us. So um, yeah, we like to rattle some cages and uh, get on your nerves. <laughs> because if it will help another animal or another person um, be in a better state of mind or health and well-being then I have done my job so thank you all for watching and as always stay possum all information products and topics discussed in the show are simply the host and guests personal opinions and are for informational purposes only non-claim to offer a diagnosis treatment or cure all listeners and viewers are encouraged to do their own research and consult with their own healthcare providers before changing or adapting any new protocols. Finesium Holistic Health, nor any of its entities, assume any responsibility or liability for any consequence relating directly or indirectly from the information contained within the podcast.